welcome to unrest in peace. We're two unfortunate Greek friends. Here we go. And we're live. Welcome to unrest in peace. Our paranormal comedy podcast. What am I saying? Our paranormal comedy podcast. Welcome. Welcome. I'm Leah. I'm Chrysanthi. And we are are your your ghost hosts. Yeah, that was a fun little thing that we kind of weirdly came up with. I don't know when, but it's a what a podcast about paranormal stuff. So I mean, ghosts, ghosts, yeah. and host rhymes. So we're ghost hosts. Absolutely, we're doing it. It's happening. This podcast is legitimately three years in the making, and it's happening. <laughs> it only took us three years. Oh my god, Leah, why did we take so long? You know. I think we took so long because as much as we don't want to admit it, we're slightly perfectionists and we want it to be like this perfect podcast. But guess what? It doesn't have to be because we're not perfect. It's not perfect. Nobody's perfect. So welcome. Buckle up. Sit back. Relax. And and enjoy our paranormal comedy podcast. Yeah. What we're going to be doing a little bit about the structure of the podcast is that, like, each week we're going to alternate. So this week I'm going to share the story. Yes. Yes. And the story that I'm going to share is all about the Lizzie Borden murders Ooh. and the subsequent hauntings at the Lizzie Borden bed and breakfast. Yes. It's a place that you can actually go and, like, um, stay the night because that sounds like legitimately like something that I want yeah. to do. Yeah, this is a place mm-hmm. we've both been like dreaming about staying the night in. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't even tell you, dreaming. Yes. Um. So that's going to definitely happen after everyone's vaccinated and that it's yes. safe to travel again. Let's go. Oh, Let's do uh, it. I'm opening in. up my, my, my calendar, putting it down, done. Check. <laughs> Done. <laughs> we just reserved our room. <laughs> Who's joining us? Yes. All right. So let's start it off by learning a little bit about Lizzie. So Lizzie Andrew Borden was born on July 19th, 1860 to Sarah Morris and Andrew Jackson Borden. Ooh. Andrew Jackson Borden. So not, not any relation to Andrew Jackson, the president? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. It just so happens that his middle name was Jackson and his first name was Andrew. But, you know, so not. I'm going to do some research on this later. You never know. You never know. That would be interesting to find out. Yeah. So um, she was born in Fall Rivers, Massachusetts. Ooh. Massachusetts. I love it. It's so beautiful. So. And a little bit about Mr. Andrew Jackson Borden. So he was incredibly wealthy like he was worth probably about 10 million dollars in today's money like wow super rich right i would like to be this friend this guy's friend because like just imagine the wealth right you probably would not like being this guy this guy's friend though because (laughs) jackson he was incredibly frugal and um because of his frugality and whatnot, um, the other wealthy family homes in Fall Rivers 
were, you know, pretty state of the art. They had functioning electricity, functioning plumbing, all of that stuff. Guess what? Don't tell me this man had nothing functioning but an outhouse in the back 40. Yes, basically. So they are incredibly rich. Hold on, hold on. Back this up. Plumbing is a thing, but he refuses to get it. So he makes his entire family go out to the woods to poop in a hole inside of a closing structure. Oh, most likely. Or they, you know did the bath water thing out the window because that's always classy oh my god okay could you imagine if they did that the smell around (laughs) that house so i'm gonna retract my last statement and i'm not gonna be his friend because i want a functioning bathroom and a shower when i go to stay the night there so maybe i'm not yeah maybe not so um they're super rich they have None of the trappings of the rich family, though. They are literally kind of a little bit living in, like, medieval times. Please don't tell <laughs> me they're living bit, in right? some... Please don't tell me they're living in some form of squalor. Um, I mean, in comparison to the other rich families, I'm sure they are, to an extent. So... <laughs> oh, my God! So, we haven't even gotten into the story. This is already sounding, like, terrible. Terrible. But it sets up the story for later. So Lizzie and her sister, Emma, were raised in a religious household. And so that wound up getting uh, Lizzie involved in, with the Christian Endeavor Society and the Women's Christian Temperance Union. And we, all, we, we know what the Women's Christian Temperance Union is. We all think back. They were the ones who were, like, I want to say they were the ones who were super, super against, like, alcohol. And they were the ones who fought for prohibition in the first place. Yes, I believe you're right. So, That's the people we want to be rooting alongside with. Thanks a lot, Lizzie. Your people made alcohol illegal. Clap for Lizzie. (laughs) Yay, Lizzie. (laughs) Not. So, sad part. I'm just sorry. I'm just imagining like Lizzie being out there. Nope. No alcohol. No alcohol. Like, no. Like, what? Like, yeah. I can't. Right. So, unfortunately, Lizzie's mom died in 1863. And three years later, Mr. Andrew Jackson Borden married her stepmother, Abby Durfey Gray, or it might be Durfey, but I'm not sure. Durfey sounds like a lot more posh and Durfey instead of Durfey. Like, sounds very like Durfey. Hi, Durfie. my name is Durfey. Exactly. <laughs> Hi, howdy and welcome. I'm Mrs. Durfey. Everyone, please sit down to our lovely dinner. Right. So, it had always been said that Lizzie and her stepmom did not get along mainly because Lizzie suspected that Abby only married her dad for his money Um, and her suspicions only grew larger when her father bought a house for Abby for Abby oh my oh my (laughs) bought a house for Abby's half-sister rather than buying a house for her and her sister Emma okay wait 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 I'm al- I'm already not liking this one, but she's coming in, swooping in on, like, the millions of dollars he had. Mm-hmm. The dad's buying them a house. So he's basically saying, Mom died. I don't like you. I like the new the new bunch that moved in. Mm-hmm. This guy sounds like bad news bearers already, this woman, right. I mean. But, like, 
So wow. So yeah, he didn't even buy the house for Abby. He bought the house for Abby's half sister. Like the ste- the new wife's half sister. Like he couldn't bo- be bothered to buy a house for his grown daughters, but he would buy an entire estate for his new wife's half sister. It it doesn't quite make sense and I can understand why Lizzie would be um yeah, kind of set off by that. Here come stepsisters and whoever, yada blah and all these people and you're going to like them more than your own kids. Oh, no, not stepsisters. I mean, excuse me. It's her half, half aunt. Her half aunt comes her along. half step aunt. The half aunt comes along. <laughs> Something. Who's probably already, let me just throw this out there, like 50 plus by now, who probably could buy her own place. But no, no. No, no. No, no. No, no. Actually, I don't know if they'd be 50 plus. I'm not sure if people lived that long in the 1800s. Let's, let, let's assume she's in her 50s, okay? Okay. Let's assume so, she's a grown grown woman who could take care of herself. Right. Yeah. Insert so, your own word there. <laughs> after her dad buys the, the new wife's half-sister a house, it's reported that Lizzie only ever started calling her Mrs. Borden after that. So not mom. Nothing like that. It so let me very, scooch on in and... Mm-mm. It was very formal. She she just was very cold Mrs. Borden. Makes sense. My question is... Okay, I don't know any of these people, that, um, so I'm going to pass a, a tad bit of judgment. <laughs> I'm going to pass a tad bit of judgment. I think it would be very hard for someone to scooch in and just immediately start calling them mom after your mom, you know, up and dies of, you know, unfortunately. How do you just call someone else mom right off the bat? Like, that's that was a lot for her to already start calling her mom, you know? Well, this was, like, this was years already after that they had already been married. No, I know, but I'm just saying, think about that, though. I think she had called her mom, but after the house buying thing, switch to calling her mrs borden no no i get that but f- f- hear me out like think about that like you're, you're calling someone else mom takes a lot for someone after they lose their mom you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah yeah for sure so let's move on to the murders Ooh. all right so let me uh start off by saying i got a lot of this information from um either wikipedia um or uh, the BuzzFeed Unsolved series okay. by um, Shane Madey and Ryan Bergera. So very, very good show. Check it out if you haven't already. I'm sure if you're listening to this, you probably have already watched it. But if you have not, series. you need to go check out their YouTube channel. Their YouTube channel is phenomenal. Yeah. So go do that. Shameless um, plug. After this, though, please. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, August 4th, 1892, Andrew Borden and Abby Borden are found dead, okay? <gasps> Hacked to death wait, with wait, wait, wet... wait, backtrack. Say that one more time. Aunt Andrew Borden and Abby Borden are found dead and hacked to death with what people believe would be either a hatchet or an axe. So, Abby oh. is struck 18 times and Andrew is stuck. Stuck. Oh, my God. Andrew was struck 11. Wow. Wow. You said 8 and 11 now, right? I'm doing the math in my head. 18 to Abby. 18 and 11, right? 
11 to Andrew. Mm -hmm. So people who lived in the house at that time are Andrew Jackson Borden, Abby Durfey Gray Borden, Lizzie Emma, their uncle John Morse, he was visiting at that point, and their maid Bridget Maggie Sullivan, and she goes by Maggie, um, not Bridget, so hmm. I'm going to be referring to her as Maggie for the rest of this. So I just did the math. That's 29 times if you put it all together. Yeah. So, so someone's this is brutal. Brutal. One person struck 29 times on two, like, collectively. That mm-hmm. is, how? Like, my, yeah. I'm trying to fathom you like this. Imagine the amount of anger there must have been. Yeah, and imagine mm-hmm. who, who was still alive when who was getting struck first. That's what I would like. To, right. I don't want to know, but I want to know. Like, think about that. Like, who was still, like, so kicking? I'm going to talk about that. Ooh, okay. We're going to go into the timeline for the oh. day of the murder. Okay. 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 So, 10.40 a.m. Andrew is taking a nap on the couch downstairs, and Abby is reportedly at a doctor's appointment. So at 10.50 to about 10.55, Lizzie has claimed that she's in the backyard barn. And Maggie is upstairs, the maid, is upstairs taking a nap in her bedroom. So the, the yeah, so Andrew's downstairs. Abby is at a doctor's appointment. Lizzie is in the backyard barn. So detached from the house. Supposedly, okay. No, definitely. If it's a backyard barn... It would be detached from the house. No, I don't mean detached, but I'm saying, you know, that's oh, what they that say. Oh, that she is supposedly yeah, in the Yeah, she's supposedly barn. in the backyard barn. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And Maggie is taking a nap upstairs in okay. her bedroom. So, 11.15 a.m., Lizzie hears a heavy fall and a subdued groaning from where she is in the backyard. And when she notices, or when she approaches the house, she notices that the screen door screen door is ajar and goes inside okay wait a minute wait a minute you you hear something thud would you immediately just walk in the door or would you like walk around the house and assess like okay i heard this the door is open let me like take a 360 walk around to see like if there's any other sign like what if someone's running out the front i think that it's interesting that she hears a heavy fall and a subdued groaning from the backyard coming from inside the house. Right. I already think that, like, I might hear the heavy fall if I'm outside my house. I'm, but I don't think I would hear a groaning. It sounds like that would be, it would have to be pretty loud groaning right. for me to be able to hear it from outside. But then again, right? would you immediately walk in that open door? Or would you, like, like I said, like 360 around to, like, check? What if they're running out the front door? I, well, if you don't know that someone is... I would assume it just means that someone fell off of something in the house. I wouldn't assume that someone has killed anyone. Okay, true. <laughs> My assumption is I would probably walk inside and be like, hey, mom, you okay? Like, I don't know. Maybe just me personally. I would want to, like, check everything else out. Just with, like, the knowledge of, of true crime that I, like, kind of have, I would be, like, hesitant. Because what if the murderer is, like, right in the doorway? That, but, just say that's what I would do. I mean, I guess so, but they haven't even been murdered. Well, technically, at this point. Okay, okay. 
Right. Yeah. So we we wouldn't be I know. looking for a murderer yet. But you feel me though, slightly. Yeah, if I suspected that something was nefarious was going on. Okay. But I I I would just assume that it was something innocent, like someone fell off a step stool. Sure, for sure. Yeah. Okay, okay. All right. So Lizzie goes inside, right? And Maggie from upstairs. Here's Lizzie start screaming, come down quick, father's dead, somebody's come in, come, <laughs> somebody's come in and killed him. Wow. Yeah. So Maggie at that point takes note that Lizzie's blue dress has no stains on it. Okay. So okay. this is going to come back into play, play later. later. Lizzie is wearing a blue dress, no stains. And there is no evidence of a struggle. Um, so Lizzie has screamed she found her dad dead. I would freak out too, but I'm not sure if I would specify somebody's come in and killed him. To me, that sounds sketch. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like she's already just claiming that it was someone. Yeah. Of, yeah. I would just say it looks like someone killed him. Right, right. She's already or like laying, it looks like he's been attacked. She's already laying of, claim that like someone's come in yeah. and done the crime before they assess like, oh, he had a heart right. attack. But Whatever. of course, this is reportedly what she was saying. So it could all reportedly. just reportedly, reportedly, like all be hearsay, right? Right. So shortly after, Maggie the maid runs to go get help from a neighbor. At this point, stepmom's still the doctors. Right. No one knows where Abby is. So yet. right. So stepmom's so still gone. So we assume that stepmom is definitely still at the doctor's support. Her so doctor's just appointment. the maid and Lizzie, and, Lizzie. and now the the neighbor that they ran and grabbed. Supposed neighbor is going to do nothing. Okay. <laughs> and and so they get there. Maggie asks, "Hey, do you know where Abby is? We need to. We need to." let her know has she come home and lizzie says oh maggie i'm almost sure i heard her come in go upstairs and see if she is there also she was in a barn 20 minutes ago right theoretically i feel like you would definitely have noticed if someone walked in as you're sitting in the room with your dead father because you'd be listening for help to come right question I, did they have a car by chance? Like, would you see the car in the driveway? Like, how how did stepmama get home? Did she walk? Well, like, I don't think they had cars. This isn't the 1800s. My my bad. Well, <laughs> horse and buggy, whatnot. We don't know. know. She's probably walking. They were... Mr. Jackson, Mr. Andrew Jackson Borden was frugal, remember? For sure, for sure. So, um, so Maggie and takes the neighbor and they go upstairs into um one of the bedrooms and they find Abby dead in that mm. guest bedroom. You're kidding me. Like she's dead. Um, so they are they've suspected or uh, people have s- suggested that she may have been present for the murder of Mr. Borden and then fled the scene and was chased down and killed because she was a witness and they whoever killed her didn't want any witnesses. So that was a um what? one of the theories okay. as to why she was dead. Um so <laughs> 
Although, can you imagine being that neighbor? <laughs> God, I know. Hi, I, Why I'm. Why would in the... you go get a neighbor instead of getting like the police? Or Wait, could you imagine? Like, okay, they don't specify if it's male or female, but we're assuming it's a female because in this time the men were usually at work. So we're imagining, like, you know, the the female neighbor from next door is wandering in. Who knows if she was cooking breakfast for the kids? This is 11 in the morning. She'd be cooking breakfast. She could be doing her house chores. Oh, hey, do you mind halting your random house chore to check out that we're not lying, that a man is lying dead in the living room? His face is basically missing. But like, we can don't you know if check de- this out for us? Can you just confirm that that's a dead man? Like, could you just imagine that neighbor's probably like, wow, you just, like, screwed my whole day up now. Thank yeah. you. Ugh. The trauma. Like, yikes. <laughs> All right. So. You'll never unsee that. Let me just throw no, that out No, absolutely not. What did you do today? Oh, I went over to our neighbor's house. Well, their father looked like a mincemeat pie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh. A little Sweeney Todd here. It was, yeah, pretty bad. All right. So the murders have never been definitively um, uh, linked to Lizzie. Um, although the majority of people who have heard the case, heard the facts and everything, believe that she's most likely the one who's responsible for them. Okay. And the reason for that is after the murders, Lizzie and her sister acquired their dad's money and the estate and bought a house for themselves. So that house that they didn't get while he was alive, all of a sudden they're able to buy themselves because they get all of the money. Oh, okay. Also, then, because Abby is out of the picture. Well, then let's just throw it out there. Of course, they're the right suspects for this because they didn't get jack squat to begin with, and now right. they get all of it. Right. So, um, also, when Lizzie was asked about the day of the murders, her responses were sometimes super outlandish and wildly inconsistent. Um, she had also wound up burning one of her dresses the day like during the days after her the murders took place oh that's okay sus that is sus to the max yeah that is suspect because i'm sorry i'm sorry if you watch any like crime shows on tv if if that is that is tampering with evidence if anything that is tampering with the evidence but the reason why she like she the reason why she claimed that she burned it was because she got paint on her dress. Call it your paint dress. Right. That's what I was thinking. I'm sitting there going, wait, I have clothes that I've gotten paint on that I use for literally like painting and working out. Like, why do you need to burn a dress because you got paint on it? That just means you don't wind up accidentally ruining another dress later on, that right? That means, oh, hey, I don't wear my paint stained dress to Sunday church. Yes, but but we, we're going to burn it conveniently right after... Two days after Daddy-O Daddy and Mrs. Borden die. Yeah. And Stepmama Croak. Yeah. So, um, although uh, Maggie does insist that the dress that she burned is not the same dress that she um, was wearing when Lizzie found the bodies. That morning, the blue dress? Right. So it's not the blue dress. So, so it's not the blue dress. It's a different one. Um, she was taken to trial, but found not guilty because there was not enough solid physical evidence to tie her to the murders, which I think is, I, I feel like that's a pretty good thing because for me, if I were listening and 
listening to a trial, if I were part of the jury, I would want hard physical evidence, not just circumstantial. Right. But at the same time, I feel like, now this is just, from hearsay, from what we've heard in this story so far, I feel like at the same time, though, the fact that she burnt the dress could link her to, to it. Because that right there is signs that, like, she burnt the dress. Why didn't she bury the dress? Why did why didn't she, you know, gift it to somebody else? She burnt it. That right there is signs of she's freaking out that they're going to find her and, and hang her. But again, circumstantial. You don't know if it was actually because she got paint on it. And I'm I would not mm. feel good. It would weigh on my conscience to sentence someone to death based on circumstantial evidence. No, I feel you on that. But at the same time, too, it's like... back then, I'm pretty sure death was the only outcome of being charged with murder. Oh, for sure. But also, if you think about it, too, break it down to how suspicious is it that, hmm, you know, Lizzie and her dear old sister get all the money and everything now that Dad said, and they're just living rich, and they don't give a care in the world. Right. So, let's move on to some of the other suspects. So, there's a few that I think are actually, like, really, um... Suspect? Really really good theories. Okay. All right. So, the first one is her Uncle John Morse. So, remember that her Uncle John Morse was visiting. Right. um, So, he was one of the people who was in the house when that was all going on. So, and this theory was made popular by a math teacher named Richard Little. Um, and the reasons why he was uh, considered, he could have been a suspect and why this theory might hold a lot of water is because between the times of 9 a.m. and 12 p.m., his whereabouts are completely unaccounted for. His uh, alibi was that he was visiting a sick relative with the same doctor who was at the scene of the crime assessing the bodies of Andrew and Abby. What? Yeah. So he insists that he was with that doctor during those hours when that doctor was at the scene of the crime. Hours later. No, during the time that he was supposedly visiting the sick relative. Right, so I'm saying between 9 and 11, he was supposed to be the doctor. 9 and 12, but then supposedly all this happens and they're together but they're not okay right so there's that um and he was also staying in the guest bedroom that abby was found in the reason why and the potential motive i got this i got this hear this idea out they're having a sneaky affair husband finds out it gets messy and he murders them both. Actually, that's not it. The potential motive for it is that he had gone into business with Andrew. It was a livestock business and the business was failing. And John was probably pissed off because Andrew's sitting over here living large, has all this money, and they get go into business together, and all of a sudden, that business is not doing well. He's hemorrhaging money. Andrew's still fine, right? Okay. I, and I for the weapon, because it was suggested that it was either a hatchet or an axe. Right. It could have also been a meat cleaver 
because by trade, John Morris was a butcher. See, I'm telling you, there's this man's got it out for himself. Yeah. So that's one of the theories. And I think it actually is a really good theory. The other one is that Maggie could have done it herself, the maid. Um, so she claimed that she hadn't been fully asleep during the time of the murders, but apparently didn't hear anything either. So that seems kind of suspect. And I was like, I wasn't fully asleep, but I didn't hear the murders going on. I feel like you would hear the thwack, thwack, thwack. Okay, that, who wouldn't, made, that would make a sound. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure you would hear, like, yeah. I'm pretty sure you would hear that because, okay, not you're not just whacking through nothing, bones, skin, someone has to be screaming. They're not just laying there like, oh, yes, slash my body till I bleed to death. Take me. Take me now, Jesus. That's not happening. Right. The third theory is that Lizzie and Maggie actually conspired to do it all together and that people have actually suspected that Lizzie and Maggie were romantically involved. Um, Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Back that up. Wait, what? That, yeah, that just took a 360 have, that I did not expect. I mean, it would make sense. It's like at that point in time, being gay was a taboo. Oh, no, And it for was sure. not okay. But I'm just. And so it's possible that there's a there's a possibility that someone may have caught on to their a love affair and whatnot. For sure. Abby was upset about it, um, was going to tell Andrew and Lizzie and Maggie were not allowed about to have that happen because. Yeah. There's nothing to say that. Abby wasn't actually killed first. That's true. It's just Andrew was found first. So they don't have a time of death or anything? Right. It, no like, Generally report? around the same time. Well, it's in the it's in the 1890s. They wouldn't know. Okay, you're right, you're right. Yeah. No coroner back then. Um, But then again, their relationship never substantiated. So that brings us now to the hauntings. I love that this is a paranormal podcast and it just literally took us like in a full hour to even get to the haunting. Okay, I I just got to tell you that last part, just like 360. I never put those two together that that could have been a possibility. Yeah. And then throw the uncle out now. Like my mind is literally mm-hmm. spinning with like all these possibilities now that could lead to all yeah. this. Wow. Yeah, for sure. All right, so the hauntings. So the boarding house is a bed and breakfast, as I mentioned earlier. Which and I want to go can, to so bad. Yep, you can stay the night. It does cost quite quite a bit of coin. Um, I think it's something like two to three hundred dollars per night, depending on which room you choose to stay in. I'll um, be staying in the barn, which costs absolutely zilch. Wink, wink. Nudge, <laughs> nudge. Right. Um. So a few things. I tried my hardest to find like recordings or evidence of like people who have caught like paranormal happenings, occurrences. Um, it, of course, there's stuff that happens, and then there's no proof of it. Like I, someone said that someone there is a paranormal investigator who got a really good recording of something happening in that house. Um, and I couldn't find the recording anywhere. So I'm just sitting there going, people are always asking for proof. It's like, why wouldn't she make it available? Right. Yeah. That, that right there is suspect because like, 
what are you hiding? The people are like, okay, how many years back dead now? As long yeah. as you're going to prove anything, you're not going to dig up old grandpa right. from the grave and get your money back yeah. or daddy-o. It's like people are always, yeah, gonna, no matter what? what, like, honestly, like, at least post it for the people who, like, want to hear something interesting. Um, not only that, po- just post it so we, like, know that the evidence of it is true. Because people want factual evidence. Right. That's evidence right there. And plus, there is always going to be those skeptics who are like, nah, that could be made up. It's like right. people are going to believe what they believe no matter what. So, all right. But one of the most convincing things that I heard actually supports the whole John Morse theory. Okay. And so um, this came from a YouTuber called Glam and Gore, or her channel name is Glam and Gore. And she did this whole, like, journey to a bunch of different haunted places in the United States um, and did different, like, EVP sessions and stuff like that. Nice. And they did a spirit box session in the room they were staying in, which was the guest room where Abby was found dead. Yeah. Um, And they were asking her questions like, hey, uh, can you tell us what happened that day? Um, Do you know who killed you? And apparently, and it was so creepy. So I like highly urge you to find this video um, Glam and Gore, Lizzie Borden House. It's the spirit box legitimately. You can hear it clear as day. It was so creepy. Said it was John. <gasps> no. Yeah, except it was like really creepy. It was like, it was John. And it was like, what the hell? This is so. Wait a minute. So scary. Yeah. Wow. 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 So, <laughs> I mean, there's that, um, which I thought was fascinating. Another little tidbit that you need to know before I go into the this the rest of the hauntings is that uh, supposedly before uh the death and whatnot abby borden found maggie's cat in the basement with its head cut off (gasps) oh Mm -hmm. wait a minute wait a minute so what so maggie's cat is found in the basement decapitated or decapitated Okay. Oh my god. I I just can't. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. Okay. When people go and do ghost hunting sessions and whatnot at the bed and breakfast, a lot of paranormal investigators have stated that the person who responds the most, like to EVP questions, is Andrew Borden. Wow. Interestingly enough, because I feel like. Based on what we know about him, he probably would have been like, me, he, no, I don't want to talk to you. Like, <laughs> I no, guess he has sure. a lot more to say now that he's dead. Um, Some people have supposedly caught images of Abby Borden in her room as a mist or okay. as an apparition in the mirror. Can you imagine? Oh, you're like brushing your hair and like, and then all of a sudden no. there's a woman who appears behind you like, Oh my god! I I think I, I would, would lose die. my cookies. I would lose my cookies and like run out the house. I would <laughs> abandon all hope, leave everything there, and just be like, "Bye, I'm out." <laughs> right. Um, Lizzie has apparently been seen wandering the basement. Okay. Where the cat was found dead. Why would she hang out at the basement of all places, Bro. Lizzie? Why did you confine yourself to the? dankest darkest part of the house like yuck that's interesting do you feel like you need to be in the basement for some reason like lizzie if you can hear me 
tell me why you hang out with a decapitated cat. Oh, Lizzie, are you there? Let's talk no. about that cat quickly. <laughs> so that cat actually still likes to meow and likes to rub up against people's legs and really likes being on the second and third floors. Oh. So could you imagine? I can't. Oh. Don't say it. Don't say it. You're going to say it. Can you imagine it? Like you're you're like doing something in the room while and you're staying. And then you feel the- a cat come up and just kind of rub itself against you like you know how cats do and you're like oh there's a pet and you look down and there's nothing there but you're feeling it okay i literally like if you guys could see right now i'm getting the chills just listening to this okay a a quick little side note i for a short period of time lived in a house that had five cats that's all i'm gonna say about that so like this is creepy ptsd from the cats (laughs) I just can't. It's creeping me out. Like, my, my parents have a cat. It's outdoors. That's where cats should be, in my opinion. I'm sorry to all the cat lovers out there. I love cats to death. Cats should be out in the accoutrements where they can be free in who they are. Mm. But if they're, oh, I can't. I can just imagine, like, going to the bathroom and it's like, mm. oh, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. Yeah. Mm. Um. So, Maggie, there have been reported cold spots in her room. <gasps> Um, people have seen an apparition of a woman in maid's clothing doing chores, which can only really point to Maggie since she's the only maid that we really know about from the Borden's house. True. <clears throat> and there was actually an EVP recording of someone who was supposedly Maggie screaming, ma'am, come quick, mm. which I'm imagining was probably when she found Abby in the bedroom dead. When she called down to Lizzie, ma'am, come quick. That that sounds about right. what it sounds like with that is that it's the trauma of this horribly tragic event lingering inside the house at that point. Oh, absolutely. Because, like, I think that definitely holds some sort of uh, fact or at least something like that, that... Many hauntings are the result are of a residual results of tragedy. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think that definitely probably just kind of replays every so often. Oh, absolutely. Which, ugh, I've heard how, stories how about could that. It it's not? so creepy. Yeah. Could you just imagine? Oh, God. Yeah. Could you just imagine? Mm-hmm. Like, Mm-mm. so, okay. Other hauntings that aren't specific to any of the previous players. So lights like to turn on and off on their own. And this is all stuff that's reported by people who work at the bed and breakfast. Okay. Cameras. This is like in current times. This is now. Okay. Got you. So cameras will start recording on their own, which I think is really interesting because like, I feel like spirits tend to be very docile and don't want to show themselves whenever people are actually trying to do it okay. right all right so staff and owner owners have heard doors opening and closing followed by footsteps upstairs when no one is upstairs so these people have been there alone and know that there's nobody else in the house Mm-mm. with them but hear the footsteps uh-uh, going uh-uh, uh-uh. Yeah. Uh-uh. Like, no, no, I no. legit have had experiences like that. It's the creepiest thing. And it's always when I'm home alone, too. 
I'm just like, oh, um, uh-uh. there better not be someone living in my attic. <laughs> this is creepy. Uh, see, okay, let me just tell you guys something. This is why you don't live alone, okay? If, if you happen to live alone, then you always got to have, like, the TV going, some music playing. Or have a pet. Have a pet. <laughs> no, I'm not talking a fish, a guinea pig or something. No, I'm talking a cat or a dog. I'm sorry. This is why you, you, you can't have just people say, oh, I want my peace and quiet. No, in pure peace and quiet is when the creepies come out. Mm-hmm. The creepies come out when it's like, like, shh, no one talk because you can hear the the pin drop. It's like when Not it's that quiet. That was tweezers, you guys. Just but so when you it's know. that quiet, you can hear the pin drop. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, right. All right. Yeah. So visitors have felt someone who is not there brush past them on the stairs. And a lot of people have reportedly heard disembodied voices. Yikes. Sounds pretty standard for hauntings. No, for sure, for sure. So those are all of the majorly confirmed hauntings and stuff that still occur in the Lizzie Borden house to that day. So this here concludes my story. Wow. That okay, my my mind is still just tripping on some of the stuff that you talked about. It's an it's like, intense, right? Like I I knew just kind of like a small little snippet of Lizzie Borden, but I didn't know like some of the super mad in depth stuff about Lizzie. Yeah. Like, it's some rough stuff. Dude, from like her mother dying to the like stepmother swooping in and just swooping mm-hmm. up the cash money, like mm-hmm. what is going on? Mm-hmm. There's definitely a lot more anger towards Abby than there was towards Andrew. Oh, 100%. Because she got hit 18 times and Andrew got a hit 11. Oh, absolutely. It's actually a fun little, like, nursery rhyme that kind of went with it. Um, and, of course, it's not factual. Okay. It is, I think it is, if I remember correctly, it's, Lizzie Borden took an axe, gave her mother 40 wax. When she'd seen what she had done, she gave her father 41. Ooh, no, no, no. And, like, children actually, like, uh-uh. jump rope to that. I'm sorry. If your children are currently jump roping to that, they better not be. I'm sorry. Most of our nursery rhymes have real dark pasts and, like, stories behind them anyways. So it doesn't surprise me. But if if anybody out there is currently hopping rope to that, skipping it up, you better put a halt to that. You never know. Anyways, that's all. And that concludes everything. Well, super fun, right? Yeah, super fun. Woo! No, I'm just kidding. Yes, actually, yes. Um, Do you still want to go? Oh, 100%. Like, sign me up. I'm going tonight. Let's get hop in the car. Let's do it. We have to hop in a plane first, but. You know, who says we can't hop in a car, take a road trip, and find other places along the way? Corona. Nah. People out there in the digital world, tell me, nah, it's okay. Okay. Anyways, um, we're, we are definitely going to be coming back at you next week with a new episode. And next week, Leah is going to be sharing with us. I will be. Yeah. Stay tuned for weekly updates. Weekly updates. We're thinking maybe we might do some mini episodes in between where we share, like, little haunting stories and whatnot so that actually is where y'all come in yes we want you guys to write in to us and tell us about accounts you've had tell us about 
anything that stories that we have not hit on that you want to just let us know mm-hmm. about anything in the ghostly haunting world hit us up on our email which is i'm pulling it up <laughs> hold on <laughs> it is unrest in peace podcast at gmail.com so tell us about your history with hauntings share us a little bit about like maybe that creepy haunted house down the street yeah. the one that none of the kids wanted to go trick-or-treating at during halloween um tell us about a haunted place that you think we have never heard about maybe it might pop up in an episode later yeah. on and also head over to our instagram which is unrest in peace podcast and shoot us a follow yeah follow us uh, we, we we'll be posting little like image things that correspond and don't forget to uh subscribe leave a review on this podcast because that'll help the ratings and until next time happy happy hauntings. hauntings